Hey guys, and welcome to Never Have I Ever Watch a Show. I'm so emotional because we're so close to the end of the season. Next season, I mean, next episode is it, guys. Today we're talking about season two, episode nine, called Stalk My Own Mother. And I'm going to go ahead and get into it before I get super emotional about it ending. And then, of course, we're going to do the recap, and that'll be like mid-April. And then a mini hiatus for whenever we get the actual season, uh, season three, because we just know it's going to drop in the summer because of what I talked about, about seeing that on Instagram, that it's renewed for fourth and final season, and we already knew about season three, obviously, so, yeah. Uh, so starting with the opening scene, Davy thinks about her mom's so-called date in Dr. Jackson's car, and we actually see a little bit about what's going on, because if you remember from last time, uh, it was just Paxton and Davy who saw what was going on, but we didn't get to see it. And this time all we saw was Nalini uh, laughing, you know, having a good time. And we didn't actually see what was going on, really. I guess they were just talking and laughing in the car. And so she plans to just basically be asking a million questions about what's going on. So she kind of feigns interest about her mom's work day being like hey so how was your work day what'd you do did anything exciting happen all that stuff and she's like actually you know something did happen at work and uh so that's when she announces that Prashant's parents are making an impromptu visit to their area and the mill thinks that Prashant will be proposing to Kamala and Kamala shares a bit how she does not want to I mean in the moment she says it's too soon but we see later on a little bit about how she feels. So that'll be a juicy finale on top of everything else, like to say the least. So then we see after the title slate, uh, Davy asks Fabiola for help to no avail. But it's funny because Fabiola's at her locker and Davy approaches her saying, let's say your mom was on a date and you caught her and stuff. And so Fabiola takes this literally and is like, well, she's cheating on my dad. And, and Davy's like, no, your dad's dead. And he's, she's like, what? So she's like, oh, sorry. I should probably should have made it clear that we're talking about me. It's just hypothetical, but it's actually happening, you know? It's, I'm not literally saying you. Eleanor's still pissed at them because her and Malcolm are walking by. And Fabiola tries to say hi, but Eleanor's not having any of that and gave him the cold shoulder. So it's not going to... They're not on speaking terms yet. And uh, so then they're in history class because for some reason that's the main class that we always see. But I have no no complaints, honestly, because I enjoy the teacher um, and I enjoy what they do, like last time with the mock trial. So it's a fun class, but I just notice of all the subjects, we see the history the most. But, I mean, that's cool. And then he says that he announces that there will be a final exam instead of and not a, an interpretive dance as their final. I've literally never seen this in any high school of having a final interpretive dance. But he's like, yeah, I had to fight the school board and we're going with a final exam instead of an interpretive dance. And I'm like, uh, what kind of school are you running, dude? <laughs> if you're just a teacher, what kind of class are you running where you're like, yeah, in a final interpretive dance? But fucking Trent, I love him says, but I already Amazon to Unitard. So I'm like, man, we're really missing out. I kind of wish we could have seen these interpretive dances that everybody came up with. I feel like they would be generally graceful. Like we have a theater arts student, like a drama student, you know, Eleanor. And apparently all these characters are in this history class together. 
But yeah, so then he says, but I will still offer us a credit. So the assignment is to give an oral presentation about one significant event in their lives, like in history, that affected them personally. So, of course, Ben, like, raises his hand, and we already assume Davey's gonna do it, and, like, everybody you would expect, really. So then, um, she gives a little nod to Paxton to encourage him to do the assignment, and he raises his hand when the, teacher, the teacher's asking who's gonna do it, and even he's shocked, being like, yes, Paxton, do you have to go to the bathroom? And he's like, no, I'd like to do the extra credit project, and literally all eyes turn to him. Of course, Davey's the one that encouraged him, so she's cool with it. But everybody else just looks at him like, really, you? Anyway, so then Davy sneaks into her mom's room and looks at her planner uh, and takes a f- screenshot of, like, takes a photo of um, of Dr. Jackson's information, I'm assuming. We don't really see it, but we see her being like, bingo, and, like, and takes a, fo- takes a photo of it. And she gets caught by her, by Nalini, and she's like, what are you doing in here? And... Davy lies to save face and says that she's stealing money because she doesn't have any because she's just a kid. So Nalini's like, all right, whatever, get out of here. So she doesn't really put up a fight, but she does later. So then Fabiola goes to the cafeteria and apologizes to Eleanor and Malcolm. And Eleanor's a little bit more lenient, I will say, but Malcolm's still being Malcolm and being a dick. So he still treats them like, both like shit because Eleanor stands up for Fabiola when... Malcolm takes it to extremes and even and says like oh she's how she's how horrible she is and clearly she's deranged or something he says something like that and she's like what no she's not that's a bit extreme and so like he goes off on her a little bit sassing her and just being a dick so then he leaves all angry uh then pack it's this weird scene of Paxton awkwardly catching Ben practicing his oral presentation alone in the classroom. So he's just like, oh, yes, Ruthie Gross, because it's his grandma or great-grandma. I'm not quite sure, because I didn't care that much to write it down. But somebody in his family. So uh, he's doing it alone, and then it's this awkward scene of Paxton overhearing and just standing in the doorway, and Ben's like, yeah, what's up, bro? Why are you looking at me? And then Paxton's like, oh, no reason. I'm just I'm looking for my phone. And he awkwardly pats his his hoodie pocket and is like oh here it is bye so and then ben just looking like what the fuck is happening and i'm just like yeah what the fuck was that it was kind of weird and it doesn't come back like full circle or anything so it makes me wonder what the deal was then nalini texts dr jackson about dinner plans and this scene i triggered some like opinions that i didn't know i had as well as like a turn on in a partner because he's texting her saying, hey, what's up, girl? I'm going to be cooking tonight. What do you think of, what are your thoughts on a man in an apron being all flirtatious? And she just sends like a th- a thumbs up emoji. And that got me to think re- and realize that I too would like to see a man or just a partner, you know, because bye, bitch over here um, or anyone really just in an apron because that seems attractive to me uh, and it makes me realize you know what I think about people in aprons because I associate that with their passion for cooking and it's attractive to me and a turn on if you know someone can cook for themselves or just anybody really like have a whole dinner party or something and they like it you know they can cook for themselves uh yeah I'm really into it but it's kind of weird how she just sent like a thumbs up like yes I agree Nalini but it was surprising to me like not have like a flirtatious text back 
be like, oh yeah, I like that or something. I don't know. But anyway, so then she takes off her wedding ring and she's looking at a photo of um, her late husband and Davy together. And Davy's smiling in the photo, but then when she takes off her ring, she's pissed. Um, Davy's like changes her face in the photo. So she still goes with it anyway. And that kind of reflects her in a nutshell in this episode because she is pissed at the idea. Uh, unsurprisingly, honestly. So then it's just Davy and Kamala at home in the scene. And then she asks Kamala to hang out. And this is when Kamala shares a little bit about how she's feeling about the idea of Prashant proposing to her. Because at first she was okay with it. She liked him. But then after this whole drama with her science lab thing, his advice, she disagrees with his advice that he gave her. And now she's not sure if she actually wants to marry him. And we can see that from last time when she was blushing when Davy was like, oh yeah, by the way, my teacher says hello. And she's like, he did? And she's all blushing. She's like, okay, well tell him hi back. So we see that maybe she's second guessing her relationship, but it kind of sucks because I was shipping them and I was talking, remember if we going back to season one, I wanted them to get together because they were actually forming some, a true bond. And in this season, even more so having a relationship. So and it's kind of a shame, but I could see it too that I didn't like his advice to just be like, just write it out. You're almost done anyway. And just let them get to you, basically. And I'm um, still stand by, you know, standing her for standing up for herself and that, like, against the the dude, Ethan, I think his name, or Evan, or something like that. Who gives a shit? Um, the one who was ch- horrible to her in the lab. Then she's like, oh, that's horrible, bestie. Let's go get some froyo and talk it out. But of course, Davy treats this as, you know, a trick, a way of tricking her, which we see in a bit. So then we see Paxton at home uh, looking at a blank screen, basically. He's like at his laptop being like, okay, what am I, I going to do for my assignment? And if you remember a while back when he had his own episode he went to go visit his grandpa in like the home and he gave him a box of his stuff so this is what he's looking through the journal in there in the box to find inspiration for the assignment and because he looks through it and he's like oh grandpa so he uh, picks up a journal and that's when a photo falls out of him at an internment camp in and so he uses this as inspiration and reads the journal. But then we find out it was actually the, his great-grandpa's journal that his grandpa had. But it, So it gets kind of confusing with all this stuff. But anyway, so that's what he's going to use. And so then we see Davy and Kamala at Dr. Jackson's house because she tricked her into going there instead of Froyo. And so then they spy on the date between Dr. Jackson and Nalini through like what she called like a limelight or a spotlight or something and they're up there like basically on the roof and then when she's all upset Davy drops her her phone into Dr. Jackson's hot tub so of course the only way to her to get it is to actually get in the hot tub and get her phone it's all ruined of course and so because of this commotion Nalini and Dr. Jackson catch her in the hot tub you know just soaking wet with her phone that's destroyed and and so they fight about the date and Nalini and Dr. Jackson are like, what? No, it's not a date. Uh, Dr. Jackson offers her a towel and Nalini's like, actually, no, that won't be necessary because she can be soaking wet while she thinks about what she did. 
So then she goes off on her at home, reprimanding her, being like, what the hell, Davy? That was crazy. And so Davy gets hurt by her own mom calling her crazy and then has a little, um, you know, a flashback to all the moments when somebody in the show called her crazy. And so it it really cuts deep hearing that from her mom. So she gets in her head that maybe she is crazy. And so then Paxton talks to his dad about the journal and being like, hey, why don't you tell me he was in an internment camp? And his dad's like, well, I don't know. He didn't really talk about it, but if he was going to talk about it to anybody, maybe you can ask him. He'll talk to you about it. And so he's like, right on, dude. So then we see Ben presenting in class about his grandma, great grandma, who gives a shit. Um, he just kept calling her Ruthie Gross, so that's why I didn't really reflect on it too much. And so then the teacher asked Davy to go, but with all this drama at home, she forgot. And that's like a first for her. And that's why he's like, really? You're not doing the assignment? Are you mad at me? What's going on? But then, so it's like an awkward silence. And then Paxton's like, well, I'll go. I'm ready. So then he's like, all right, Paxton, go ahead, my dude. So then he goes up and prefaces his presentation by saying, uh, if you don't know, I'm half Japanese. And then Trent's like, yeah, I didn't know until recently. Yeah, throwback to when he first found out. It was like, I didn't know you were Asian. He's like, you've seen my dad. <laughs> so you know my dad's Japanese. So uh, then he's talking about his uh, his grandpa's time at the internment camp in World War II. And so he's like, well, rather than me talk about it, you can hear straight from the horse's mouth. And so he brought in his grandpa and like interviews him about his time there and how the hardships, of, you know, that he had there. And the teachers really, it's a moving performance, the court apparently, because he's brought to tears. And I'm really proud of Paxton because, yes, it makes sense to be like, well, rather than me talk about something he did, because uh, it's basically hearsay, so to speak. I'll be like, oh yeah, he said it was this. It's better, obviously, to hear it straight from the horse's mouth of what his grandpa went through. I think he smashed it. Uh, I liked his performance, and I was like, um, like his presentation, and I was over here like with my cheek on my hand on my cheek, like, oh yes, I'm listening. We see Davy confiding in her therapist, asking about whether she actually is crazy because she feels like it, and her mom said it, and all this stuff, and everybody's calling her crazy. So. Then she's finally addressing and asking about her paralysis from season one that kind of just dropped off with all this drama that she's brought herself into and saying, am I crazy? Well, you know, hello, I, you know, made myself, you know, paralyzed basically when my legs didn't work. Her therapist is like, what? No, you're not crazy. You're only human. And that sparks at least two songs in mind, which is Only Human by the Jonas Brothers and Human by Rag and Bone Man. Both are bops, um, and it's true. She's like, yeah, you're just going through these feelings and going through all this stuff, and you're only human, so no, you're not crazy. And it's true. So then Nalini visits Dr. Jackson in his office to talk about their relationship and decides to call it off for now because, and he's like, because you're a daughter. And she, she's like, well, yes, but also because of me. Maybe I'm not ready for it yet, and blah, blah, blah. So then uh, they kiss and she leaves. Um, so then Davy was outside the office, of course, and listening and actually cusses at her because so far this show up until this point has done like the what the F and what the hell and basically everything under the sun 
apart from actually cussing. And so she actually cusses saying what the actual fuck. So she actually drops an F-bomb, which is the first time for the show for anybody to drop an F-bomb. So it makes me wonder why it came out so left field. So I was I was shocked because they don't cuss on the show like ordinarily. So that was interesting. And so David goes off on her at home, yelling at her, being like, how could you lie and get mad at me for lying when you're lying to me and how blah, 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 like going off on her about having this relationship so soon after they scattered dad's ashes and after he died and stuff. And honestly, I just want to say that it's Nalini has said that it's been like a year and I'm not saying that that's too short of a time from her husband passing and it could relatively be, like, subjectively be too short to somebody. But everybody grieves differently. And it's really hard on the mom not having anybody. And so that's why the mill is there to be like, I'm going to help you. But who is Davy to say, oh, you couldn't, you can't date anybody else. Dad's gone, you know. It's too, it's really hard on, the, on Nalini doing this as a single mom. And we've seen that. So... Who is she to say, no, you can't date somebody else because that's like hurting dad. The mill is a queen and puts Davy in her place being like, and she's like slaps her. But Kamala's like, was that a slap? Because it was so like light on her cheek. And she was like, yes, it was supposed to be a, a slap because you can't talk to your mother like that. She does everything for you and it's so hard on her and stuff. And... You can't talk, and you have no right to treat her like this. She can do whatever the hell she wants, basically. And I was like, yes, queen, here's your crown. Put her in her damn place, because who is Davy to say that she can't date and, you know, what she can and can't do, regardless of her husband's death, because it's hard on her, too. Even if she, like, wasn't ready to date, it's up to her to decide that. So, you know, everybody mourns and grieves differently, so maybe she was ready, um... Even if she says, no, maybe I'm not ready. So, yeah, I was like, yes, girl, here's your crown. I'm so proud of you. So, we stand. Um, so then, Malcolm breaks up with Eleanor through text, like an ass. I say that, it's ironic, because I have done this um, when I was much younger. But I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Honestly, do it face-to-face if you can. Uh, like a lot of other things because through text is not classy so he breaks up with her through text and is like oh well i i don't like the constraints of a monogamous a monogamous relationship and he's just like i just like okay whatever i'm over you dude so then she talks to her stepmom sharon about the breakup because she was waiting for him at home and so it was just her and her and her parents you know so she's talking to sharon about it and and so I put down this quote because I liked it and it has some truth to it, even if it's it's just funny the way she worded it, saying, oh my god, he's like my mother. I've been trying to date my mother. And Sharon says, what? And she's like, I should have been trying to date my dad. So she's not literally talking about, you know, incest. It's this thing in like psychology that I've heard from How I Met Your Mother. That's like a whole episode. And just in general, as a psych major, uh, I've heard it around just in general that, um, it's gonna sound weird and it's not me trying to be like oh Freud or you know Oedipus was correct but it's this not really belief but let's just go with belief that like a theory that 
you notice these qualities in your partner that are similar to your parents. So you might want to date somebody who has those qualities in your if, if your parents are active and loving, you might like that in a partner. So Eleanor notices that Malcolm was just like her mother. And so she's like, I've been trying to date my mother. I should have been trying to date my dad because her dad's so loving and present in her life and seems supportive because then she asks him, hey, would you mind like uh, running lines with me? Because that was the whole point. She's like rehearsing for the play at her house. So it's not her literally saying, I should have been trying to date him like literally. Um, that's why Sharon's like, what? What are you talking about? So And like, no, that's not the lesson here. But she's like, yes, I think it is. And so she hugs her for the first time. Being like, thank you. So there's some truth to it of her realizing that Malcolm is just like her mother. And she should have been trying to date her dad in the sense of being like, I want somebody that's more like him. Like warm and loving and, you know, supportive. So naturally you'd want these in your partner. And like in How I Met Your Mother, it was like the same thing where Marshall and Lily realized their aspects of their relationship were just like, oh, you're just like my dad. So it was like this whole thing, a comedic thing of their dads, like together. So if that's how I remember it correctly, it's been a long time since I watched it, but it was like this whole like theory, this concept just realized of being like, oh my God, he's like my dad. And he thinks, he thinks that about Lily. Oh, you're just like my dad. So it was the same thing here of like, oh, we noticed it's natural to notice the similarities in your partner to your one of your parents. So that might be like what draws you to them, but not in a weird way. It's hard to say without it being weird. So then, oh my God, this scene melted my heart like into a puddle like fucking butter. But it's raining, of course it is. And Paxton visits Davy via window because he texts her and she texts back on her iPad because she doesn't have her phone. Uh, he's like hey what you doing and she's like nothing so he's like hey can I come by basically so he comes by via window to thank her for her help because she's like you're in my house and he's like yeah I just wanted to thank you for all your help and so she's like oh you know like okay so are you here to study or and so he's like no so then they have that like, drum roll before a kiss like he approaches her and she's looking at him like what the hell so then he kisses her and kisses her again so they proceed to make out as like they inch closer towards the bed like out of frame and so then uh after the make out he's like he goes out of the window and he's like that was fun and she's like "Mm." so then he's like call you later and then he kisses her and leaves and oh my god that was just so magical and romantic and honestly peak of Paxton's hotness apart from him looking gummy in the suit from last time um, so then Davy's all like all happy, like, Yay, maybe I got it good with Paxton again, we can be dating and she's like all happy about it and then she screams because the mill was standing in the doorway for a few seconds and she's like, How long have you been standing there? So like one of those things and then she's like, Well anyway, we're gonna have a family meeting downstairs. I want you to talk to your mom and she's like, No, I'm not talking to her and the mill encourages her and then she goes into a story about how her last conversation with the dad was a fight uh, over the phone. So and she hung up on him, and so she, she like lives to regret it, because and then teaches a lesson through this about 
how there's no room for n- not speaking to people or not and being like there's not a time for hanging up and not speaking to people because you never know what could happen because you know your dad's dead and I didn't get to make it up with him so then she's uh, to encourage her to go talk to her mom so then Davy and Nalini have an emotional conversation in the living room where uh, on the on the couch on the couch where Nalini's like hey I'm sorry I lied to you and so they apologize to each other and work it out so then she's like well I was so pissed about my phone because that's my last connection to him and now I have nothing left of him so then Nalini's like yeah I get that but you don't have to feel like this because uh, she brings out an old Holden movie of Nalini when she was pregnant and it's like a you know basically an OG vlog of uh, Nalini and you know the, the dad talking uh, to Davy basically being like because Nalini's very pregnant and it was the dad actually who wanted Davy to be her name but Nalini wasn't on board yet she's like oh I'm not sure about it yet and so he keeps being like hey anyway so what's up Davy or something and uh she's like nope we're not settled on that name yet so it's cute how she went with Davy anyway um maybe she came came around with it it's this emotional scene it's really cute how they're like she uh she's has her hand on Davy's hand and like wraps her arm around her as they're watching the whole old home movie so it was really cute it was really nice it was a really nice moment it actually like brought me to tears because it was like so emotional and like you know bittersweet and heartwarming so then Eleanor's uh parents praise her performance so yes she did the play that we seen her rehearse for but we didn't actually get to see the play we just saw Eleanor in her costume and I realized we're on a time crunch but it would have been nice to actually see the play that we've seen her rehearsing for. But anyway, so then they're praising her and it's all good. She works things out with her friends because so, Davy and Fabiola still went to support her. And she's like, oh my god, you guys are here. You came even if I was horrible to you. So they work it out. And so then she tells them that it's over between her and Malcolm because he dumped her through text. And so she's like, well, maybe talking to Davy, being like, you're not the only one going alone to the dance. And she's like, well, actually, I might not be. So then Paxton walks by with his friends. And she's all smiling at him, you know, very fond of him. And then he calls her pal. He literally friend zones her. <sighs> okay, and then John McEnroe's like, did Davy just get played? And then it fades to black. But this fucking guy, oh my god, we're back to season one antics of him messing with her and messing around and doing everything under the sun. He was all over the place. In season one. So I'm thinking season two. Okay. Even after this cheating stuff. They seem to be back. You know. To being friends. And being cool. And now possibly something else. Like back to where they started. But it is back to where they started. In the sense of like. What's going on with them. So. I'm really salty. Because I was thinking that. This is the same guy. That visited her in the fucking rain. And made out with her, and it's all cutesy with her being like, okay, call, you know, like call you later, kind of like you will with your boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. But he's like, hey, pal. So this is gonna be juicy in the next episode, you know, to say the least. Um, I'm just I'm really salty because I thought they were gonna be a thing, and because I'm, it feels like the Ben Davy ship has sailed, and it's gonna be Paxton's thing because they introduced. A lot of storylines involving him this season, like him giving a shit about his grades, 
it just seems really weird that all of a sudden he's back to just calling her pal. So I can't wait for episode 10. As I, as weird as it is, as ironic as it is of me being like, oh my god, the season's ending. But I can't wait for the next episode because we got all these juicy storylines to wrap up now. And obviously act as something as a cliffhanger for season 3 where that's going to pick up. So... I can't wait. I'm still really pissed at him for just all of a sudden being like, hey, pal. Like, they're friends zone. Like, he friends zoned her and they're friends this whole time. Just friends with benefits. So I was like, well, okay, what the actual fuck, like, Davey did for the first time. So, yeah, that's episode nine. Very juicy. And I enjoyed it. So let me guys, like, let me know what you guys think on my social media. My Instagram is now pod underscore because I just have this podcast. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.